Show is brought to you by Health Plans, your Medicare plans, insurance solutions, and resource agency. We have a variety of plans and products that fit your needs, benefit requirements, and budget. With many low or no-cost premium plans, zero co-pays, and much more. Our licensed benefits advisor's priority is your health and well-being. Call us today and book your no-obligation consultation. 1-929-367-5269. Coming up next is Double Impact. Well, well, well. Well, well, we are back. I am John C. Morley here, and I'm with Hurricane Age. And together we make up Double Impact, Double Impact baby. That's it, baby. Welcome back to Monday. <laughs> yes, welcome back. We missed you last week. We did uh, miss you. I know, I know. Hey, listen, <laughs> got to take care of business. Wi-Fi doesn't quite work in those other countries, right? No, it doesn't. And by the way, we are live in Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. So, uh, all right. Yeah, we got a party going on. This is everybody's show. So, chime in, chime in, chime in. Tell us, uh, you know, uh, some how your day's going. Ask us some questions. You know, be interactive with us. Yeah, this is this is your show. Double Impact is really for you guys, and we chat, and we we don't have a script for it, so we're talking about different things and. Uh, again, you got John with years and years of experience in different businesses. So uh, if you want to learn about business, just hit us. He can give you all the tips that you need. And, you know, that believe and achieve thing that he has, that's the motto. And let's talk about that anytime. So that's one way. And uh, again, absolutely. Uh, that, that's that's what we're hearing this week. Um, HH, we got a great show this week. This week, um, we're talking about AVK. I won't talk too much about it, but this whole week is dedicated on what AVK is. And I'll just tell you briefly auditory, visual, and kinesthetic, and so many people, including professors and teachers, believe that students are lazy, but they're not. They just don't teach to the right modality. Well, that uh, we could have a whole discussion about the topic. <laughs> <laughs> we could have well, a discussion on anything. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, folks, if you want to have, if you have any, uh, I guess, suggestions, comments on that, you know, topic, we can chat and uh, chime uh, in. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, uh, if you have kids and uh, you're not sure about the school and how it works and whether they, the kids are getting the right education and or the format, hey, maybe this is a discussion we can have. I mean, we all have our own, uh, I guess, views on this this particular uh, topic. So, And it's not just kids, HH, I got to tell you. It's adults, too, because, you know, a lot of adults want to go back to school and they want to learn. I always like to keep learning. But some people are like, ah, I finished college and I'm done. So... I always say to people, and you're going to hate me for this, everyone, but, you know, just deal with it. This is raw. If you believe that your life's education has ended when you've graduated high school or college, well, you're a fool. Um, because education is a lifelong journey, and you should enjoy education and what it can do for you, but what it can do for others. And if you're saying, hey, what's it going to do for me? Well, each bit of education that you rack up in your brain, okay, you create more connections from the left side to the right and right to the left. But in addition to that, you open up the pathways for more energy, 
and for more potentials to make more money. Well, you, you know, that is that is huge because to your point, education, right? Uh, th there's the formal education. There's the, I guess, the lifelong expertise, formal mm -hmm. and informal pieces that you can have. I mean, you can obviously get continued education or get a master's degree and go beyond to a PhD if that's what you want. Or sure. even some people have multiple master's degrees, you know, in different, you know, I guess, uh, industries and, and different, I guess, types of, uh, uh, you know, you know ways of, of education and then and then you have the f informal education which you can have i mean today with with the technology we have with the google and everything you can literally learn anything every time anywhere and there's no limit to that and there's experts everywhere that are providing uh, some sort of education uh, platforms out there uh, i mean podcast is a good way you know you got another you know form of education through even i mean youtube i mean you think that that's just for fun but there's some real stuff going on there and some people actually come on and talk about things now this may be not structured you know education but it will be stuff that you can learn depending on whatever topic you want so there's all kind of stuff and then there's the practical stuff right john i mean the stuff that you learn Absolutely. at work and uh, Absolutely. You know, uh by, by really doing things so and i think that's the best way to to learn in addition to theory is your practice so i think the challenge with a lot of people is they had a bad experience with learning and uh, I can speak to this because when I was in college, I had a bad experience and high school had a bad experience. My, I never liked math. I love math. I'm an engineer, but I hated math in the beginning. The reason I hated math so much was because my teacher was teaching in only a visual modality. And I am an auditory and a kinesthetic person. And she kept saying, well, John's just lazy. He doesn't want to do anything. And my parents like, no, I don't think he's lazy. I really don't think he does really well in science. He goes, yeah, well, we just, we're not a science kind of class. We're not a physics class. We're a math class. So my parents are like, well, maybe you should change the way you're teaching it. Are you trying to tell me how to run my class? Well, if the students aren't, you know, comprehending it, maybe it's not the students. Because I know he's not the only one that <laughs> challenges understanding your class. And Everyone else that taught him math in the past, he seemed to like, but when he got to your class, he seems to hate it. Well, that's because he's lazy. No, he's not lazy. You know, John, you're bringing up a great topic there because uh, sometimes people are judged, you know, and at any given time, to your point, um, you might have a different way of learning and everybody is unique in their way. And to Absolutely. your point, not everybody, and unfortunately, that's the way it's taught. I mean, it's just one format. In general and it's it's blanket for everybody right and uh, some people catch on quicker some people have you know uh, i guess they enjoy it that way and some people may not to your point if you are auditory that's one thing if you have mm -hmm. visual isn't one sometimes you combine mm -hmm. both i like the visual effect myself like you know that's that's how i, I like something that's so we have to make sure that we paint a very clear picture for you to see Exactly. <laughs> and, and for you, we want to make sure you get the whole concept and you can hear it well and, and just just kind of absorb that whole information. Right? But and, again, and, I, and I think I think that's important. It, it's if you notice what we did there, everyone, we know what the modalities are, but it's also the words you use to kind of tickle the brain because the words are the precursor that get the pump to prime to listen. That's kind of how it works. You know, you could say we could do something auditorily, but when you talk about it and use those words, it's going to excite the brain. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is something I can really clip on, you know, 
grab onto. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, I think that's a slight challenge for some people because they feel they don't understand something, but it's not that they don't understand it. It's that it's a different language. And I'm going to give you an example. So right now you and I are talking English. Okay. Let's assume some of our viewers don't speak another language. Parlez-vous français? Je m'appelle John. Et vous? Okay. So nobody knows what the heck I just said. Right. When I talk to you in English, you get what I'm saying. I said, my name is John and you, but you had no clue what I was saying. So when we talk in the right language, we pay attention. Learning modalities are about using the language. Now, see what I did there? Not language just in words, but language as in how we communicate to the brain. It's not just about, I use the analogy of French and, and English, but a language does not just have to be in the words. It can be in the manner in which it's taught. For example, um, if you are in a factory and you're teaching people how to load boxes with candies and you tell them how to do it one way, there was this wise person, I have to share this, and he says, you know, tell me um, what you want and I may forget. Show me and I may not remember. Involve me and it'll become a part of my life. So do you get involved? And here's a real one that's going to send you for a loop. When you go buy a car, I'm not going to get into the whole detail, but when you go buy a car, did you know that there's a language pattern that actually unlocks you buying that car, insurance, whatever. Everyone has a language pattern for everything in life. The problem is most salespeople don't take the time to get to know the person. So if let's say you bought a car, the first thing I'm going to ask you, HH, is um, so HH, you bought a car. When's the last time you bought a car or leased a car? Me? Mm-hmm. Uh, January and February. <laughs> oh, so two times, January, February of 2022. <laughs> yeah, okay. Both cars got, you know, renewed. I mean, like, they were tough. Okay. So. All right. Well, that, that, that's good. So I uh, just, just curious when you went to go, um, you know, check out that car, what was it that first made you want to make that purchase? Was it something you saw? Was it something the salesperson said, or was it a feeling you got in the room? What made you want to go? plunk the money down for that car for me it would be the feeling i mean it, you know if i don't get the vibe it's over <laughs> and, and the feeling of what did you like how safe it felt did you like the thrust what did you like what feeling were you going for well again if the, the right car the right price and the right attitude i mean i, I would say you know that that's a combo for me <laughs> so 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 the feeling what, what what did you feel when you when you when you noticed that car what, what did you sense inside your body what did, what did you really drive home that's the car that's the one. That's the, that's the car. You, did you feel safe? Did you feel like that's me? What, what, what was going through? Talk, talk us through a little bit. What was going through your mind when you said, that's my car? What, what, what did you feel like? Tell us, because we can't feel inside you. What, what did oh. you feel like? Well, safety is first, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it had to have everything that I look for in the vehicle. So Security. I mean, you wanted that sense of security. That's your, right. You and your family could feel safe. And so after you know that that car was the one for you and it's going to make you and your family and loved ones be safe. What's the next thing? Something someone said? Something you saw? No, it was just a deal. <laughs> so you had to put the right terms for it. <laughs> so I had to put the right terms. So what, was it something, was it when you heard it from the salesperson's mouth? Uh, no, it's when I put all the numbers together and it made sense. I mean, it wasn't. And it was, wasn't, that on, was that on paper? 
That's right. You got to okay. put a fender. So, yeah. so I understand they changed that, that, you know, you're looking for another car and you just bought two. And I understand that. And, and I know today you're looking for a car and I know that you're a gentleman that wants to get a car that is just going to protect you. And this XYZ not only has the latest and best security standards on the market that exceed the federal standards, it has some numbers that once I put on the screen, I think you may want to take her home. I like what you're I ready like. to buy that car, aren't you? I am. So, so show me the money. <laughs> so your pattern, okay, basically was a um, a kinesthetic. So you were kinesthetic, okay. Mm -hmm. Then you were a visual, and the last one you really didn't say, but we figured it out it was an auditory. So you were K V uh, K V A. So somebody's trying to sell you a car. If they use K V A, you'll always buy a car. See, that's your key, and there's a key for everything in life. Mm. It's a relationship, but most people don't take the bloody time to figure out. What the heck he's talking about? I just want to sell the car. There was a guy today, and um, you guys know I own a, a printing marketing company. And, you know, it was time to upgrade equipment, unfortunately, because they were to charge me more money to actually maintain the old one than the new one. Get a new one, yep. So um, I said to the gentleman, excuse me, I said to the gentleman, um, I said, I'm not looking to buy a new Ferrari or help you finance yours. I'm looking to get something that's going to help me grow my business without it costing me any more money. So I talked to the guy and I said, you know, it would be really great, but I know you probably can't help me. I would love to get that machine for the cost of the maintenance and just own it. Even if the machine wasn't brand new, even if it came off a lease hypothetically, but I could have that sense of mind that I had 24 hour support on that machine without any more money than just a few clicks. He starts sitting back in the chair. He says, uh, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, we actually have two such and such coming off of leases from a neighbor of yours down the street. And, uh, you know, if I could intercept that truck, there might be a way to make that happen. And he gives me a number. And I'm like, that number's just a little bit north of what I was looking for. If we could get just a little bit south, I think I could do it. But you know what really would drive it home for me? You see, now is the holidays and it's not the busiest time for us. I wish I could have three or four months, you know, that I could just have it and then be able to pay it later. Well, we have a 90 day deferral. Oh, you do. <laughs> so I said to him, get me the numbers on paper. And I said, then I want to come down and see this machine, how it operates. But you see, the most people don't realize is that when you get into a machine and a machine's too old, a machine becomes your cash register. But if you can't run it, how do you make money? And this is in all things. There was a, um, a situation where, you know, somebody had a, um, let's call it a, a, a tool that they need in their business for a long time. And that tool was working, but it was costing them more money to keep that tool just to barely operate. And the new tool would actually be less money and have a service contract behind it. So it costs more money to maintain the old tool than to get a new tool and stay up with something later and be cheaper per whatever usage. 
So I think a lot of times people, you know, they, they're all about what's going to put money in my pocket. Now, there's nothing wrong with that from one perspective, but there is. And that is if you're more concerned about me as an object, as a dollar. So I kept throwing to him like, yeah, I know what you're interested in. You're just interested in getting in my pocket for more money. Well, no, that's not actually the case. I said, well, if it's not actually the case, then prove me wrong. Because most people will tell you, oh, no, I'm not really. Ever. Well, if you're not after that, then, 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 then come to the table with me. Make me an offer that I can't refuse. And they shut up. See, that's the most important thing. When you give them what you want, you have to shut up. I love it. <laughs> you know, because, you know, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, John. No, okay. He who speaks up. first when you've made the deal loses. I'll stay silent for five, 10 minutes. Look, are you still there? <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> Uh, we got some sound effects here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Nothing is easy. But, you know, when you – and the other thing I do, too, is I tell the people, look, you know, I said, I said first of all, you're going to hate me, number one. I said, and it's nothing personal. But I'm going to tell you why I have a bad taste in my mouth with your industry. Let me tell you how they've screwed me in the past. And then I make them feel very bad. I'm like, so I want to make sure that the next company I bring on board, I'm able to bring to my table and we can break bread together. Are you that person that's going to bring that loaf of bread to my house? They just laughed. So people that don't care about you are going to want to get off the phone very quickly. This guy was on the phone with me for an hour and a half, just hearing me moan and groan about different things. But he, he's going to work for the sale. He's going to work for it because he's looking not on today's sale. He's looking on the sale he's going to get from me in two years, which could be over a million dollars. So that's why. And I said to him at the very beginning, I said, you know, the people that help me today are going to be with me a few years from now. And as I grow. And what was happening is that I called all these companies to help me. You know, not one of them called me back because my machine was too old and they didn't want to get involved. But rather than trying to help me, they just blew me off. See, I bad. think that's bad. bad if I can't help you, HH, or you can't help somebody, hey, you know, John, I don't cover that. And I have someone that I know you should talk to who could help you because I can't write a policy in that area. Make sense? Very much. Well, you know, you know, it's funny. I'm listening to you, John. But, 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 right now, just in this exercise, and we've done quite a bit here. <laughs> you know, in 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 terms of uh, communication education, right there. So, y y we've done the role play, which yep. we didn't wing, and and that was interesting because <laughs> because really it was nice, like you know, doing your 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 surveying of me and and kind of doing your probing and breaking the ass a little bit, and um, and then you went into like some of the uh, the way to negotiate business and, and and really get stuff, but also you highlighted, you know, almost like the do's and don'ts in in a very short way of what would make what would someone uh, do wrong and not get a deal versus someone who would do something right and and get the deal. Uh, and you introduced the idea of being patient as a salesperson. You have to actually listen and, and just 
go with the flow and, and try to get to understand your customer well enough and don't look for the quick fix and the quick exactly. deal. Exactly. Yep. And, and I would tell you another thing. Get rid of the hat term salesperson. If you think you're a salesperson, that's all you are. Nobody wants to buy from a salesperson. I don't. You don't. Right? I want to buy from someone who's a consultant, someone who's concerned about my best interests of mine. You know, it's funny because uh, I, I, you probably know this, but uh, salespeople are the second most hated people after lawyers, apparently. <laughs> well, at least that's that's what... why I didn't become a lawyer because I said to people, <laughs> I can't lie for a living. And every lawyer I talked to, I said, I, said, I went to pre-law, but I just decided I couldn't lie to people for a living. And they just kind of like, well, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I guess you, you know, some do, some don't, but, but the fact well, that it, 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 is they, a perception. They, 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 twist, they twist the truth a little bit and lawyers that are ethical, okay, are going to state the case. Cause I always feel that if you're going to win, you got to win that case based on what's truth, not by what's slightly untruth. I'll give an example. I've known people that have sped. Unfortunately, I'm not a speeder and they got a brand new car and let's say the speed limits, I don't know, 55 and they're doing, or let's say it's a, a neighborhood and the neighborhood speed, it's supposed to be uh 20, 25 yep. and they're doing 30, 32, 33. Mm -mm. Wee, 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 wee. They, can pull up. <laughs> they get a ticket. Okay. And uh, the first thing that goes through people's mind is, oh, my gosh, I wasn't speeding. How's it? So instead of saying that, you know, this was my fault, here's what they do. Now, I'm not saying they're wrong, but I think this is a little bit pushing it. They get to the court and, you know, it's a brand new car. Okay. So they say, you know. This new car has a different type of spring mechanism on the gas pedal. And because of that, it causes a different amount of pressure to be uh, <laughs> noticed when you touch it, which is not absolutely untrue, but I think that's a reach. Like, you should know how to freaking drive your car within a week or two. The car was not a week old. The car was six months old. Now, I could have bought that in the first month or two. I could have bought that, but not eight months out. There's a different type of spring in the gas pedal, and it has a lot less viscosity in it, so when you press it, it goes down faster. You know, John, they call that technicality, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, a lot of people go down with techni technicalities or, you know, make it through because of those technicalities, and, you know, the, the low, you know, as they say, right, you know, it's a very famous I guess expression you don't find the justice in the court of law you find the law and uh, the law has loopholes built in and as long as you know how to navigate the laws you can make it happen look at the look at those people um it was in, out in the west uh or south a long time ago and this this guy it was, it was a famous movie uh Danny and basically what happened the two boys uh they basically were at this sack of suds this store and um they got arrested because they were the ones that they said held up the store. And after back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, they discovered 
that that Pinto could have never made those kind of marks in the tire. And how could you ever have known when you yourself said that when you make grits, you don't rush grits in the South? So how could you possibly have known that it was only 30 seconds when you yourself said you were still making the grits? And try these glasses on for me. How many numbers? Uh, show the court. Uh, she's holding up two. No, no. I'd like to do it again, but I'd like Mrs. Green. Oh, of course. Let the court know. She's holding. No, I would like her to answer. Oh, uh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three. Oh, maybe I do need glasses. That's two. So maybe you potentially didn't see what you thought you saw. You know, John. I think I think it, you missed your calling there, baby. <laughs> you know, I you know I do law. I do I do law from the legal standpoint. I've had four kids arrested in the last six years, and I've been brought in to do expert testimonies. I just had one. I don't know if I told you. I can't give you the name. Um, we've sued Facebook actually twelve times in the last four years, and we've won. Not me, but for the client. Mm -hmm. And um, I hit him with the jugular. I don't play games, but I go after their investors and I let them know what's going on. And they don't like that. But I'll tell you one thing, they don't mess with me. Because they use all these robots and all these different things. And uh, it's just interesting because, you know, I had a guy who works for corporate protection security company where they do like guard service. Mm -hmm. They came to me because their Facebook got hacked. Not only did their Facebook get hacked, this is the funny part. He um, is uh, in a different marriage. Okay, entitled to do that. So he's tr talking to his ex-wife through Facebook chat. I don't know why, but he's just, I guess, because the kid's just checking. And he's asking how they're doing. And he says, oh, they're doing fine. I just wish I had enough money to buy them food. So what about your husband? Well, you know, he really doesn't give us much. He's making tons of money, but he doesn't give us like enough to get food. So how much do they need the boys in the closet? So he gives them, gives her $500. Within a week or two, her husband finds out about it, immediately flings them, gives the money to her so he can pay him back. But that'd be fine. He hires a person on the undernet, the dark web, this is what's sick, to go after that person that gave the money. Now, not in life, not in like physical reality. He goes to haunt their Facebook Cyber. page. Cyber. Yup, he goes to haunt the Facebook page and then he posts something that is very X-rated and then he reports the page and it gets suspended. Damn, and then it, gets, then it gets worse. He hires the same guy who goes in and he goes to his app and he says, you know, we just want to make sure everything's okay, you know, that you're not hacked or anything. Guy called. He went and actually put an ad. Get this. Online. Get this out. This is how, <laughs> how they are. And let's say I know that you're in Spokane, Washington. I'm going to run an ad in Spokane, Washington. I know exactly where you live. So I'm going to triangulate it. In there, it might cost me 50, 60 bucks. And I'm going to triangulate it till I hit you. You're going to click on that link in a day or two and bam, you're going to need tech support. And I'm going to answer one. 
Thank you for calling tech support. How can I help you? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Happy to help you. Now you're into my web. Now he's trying to help him. He's like, okay, let's get through your phone. Why don't we check your phone? Make sure they didn't get in there as well. What I need you to do is log into your whatever bank, such and such account. Okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to send $669 to your friend. I don't need just send it to your friend. Okay. Now 669 is a devil number. Sends the money out. Friend gets the money. He says it's just nonsense. I'm just gonna okay, have your friend send it back. He sends it back. He sends 700 back. Within five seconds, he goes, son of a, I just bought $700 worth of Bitcoin. How'd that happen? <laughs> so when the money came back in, he was monitoring it going out. When it came back in, he grabbed it. This case took about two weeks to resolve to get his $10,000 back. But Damn. the point I'm trying to make here is that people that are, what should we say, off the rocker or have these big egos, they think they can go to the dark web and they can pay them money and then they can just go bring somebody down, which I think is just terrible. But there are people out there that do that. I have a very good friend of mine uh, who's been on my show a lot of times. He's a national uh, sci a psychologist. And I wrote on my show several times and we always talk about different things. And he had a post the other day and I responded back to him. I said, you know, I said, doctor, such and such. And uh, I said, you know, I said, I had a situation. I said, there is a financial analyst. I said, and it's always these people, they think they have a, a, an ego bigger than the creator and that nothing like it doesn't matter and that the only time they really care about anything is when it's about them making money because the attitude was i don't have time for people who says that hh who says i don't have time for people uh, <laughs> right good question <laughs> but i've noticed no disrespect to the industry the number one industry Okay, now, if you're in the financial industry, my mea copa, mea copa, mea maxima copa to you. Um, I'm sorry. But basically, there's been a lot of people in the millennial age and coming in now that are exploiting people. Because in the financial age, they think their stuff doesn't stink. And they're also the people that believe they can job hop every six months. Because they think they can. And they do. But you know what really bothers me, HH? Not the fact that they hop jobs. What bothers me is you're now the, um, I don't know, the assistant such and such of risk management. Now you have interns working under you. And they work on your project, which is great. They get some experience. I suddenly go into the boardroom to give my presentation. And now there's a problem with the presentation. Okay? Well, what do you expect? I didn't do it you know somebody else did it there was an intern you know of course it's not going to be any good you know but i want to give them a chance to work on the project so just throw them under the bus okay okay now they do an amazing job like you know tim that was such an amazing presentation i know what else would you expect i am a fordham graduate and the same task was done by an intern <laughs> Enough said. 
that's a problem, HH. It, it, well, it is. It is. I mean, listen, John, you're alluding to, to a few things here, I think, for our audiences, just to to clarify some of the stuff. Uh, I mean, it's probably not a secret to people that are watching right now, listening, and uh, whatever they might be, and uh, whether today or some other time. But but you mentioned something about uh, the, the issue that you had with these these almost hackers or people that are actually trying to... I deal system. with them every day, and that's why people come to me. People that do protection for corporate companies, I can't give you the names, but let's say you're at a company mm -hmm. and what they do HH is they go there to basically do crowd control, but they do the, let's say there's some kind of negotiation, but I don't want anybody to come in to kind of cause me flack. They're standing right at the door. They're at the company. Can we help you? Yeah. I want to see the prep. Okay. Well, um, do you have an appointment? No. Okay. Well, we'll let them know you came by. They kind of deflect that. Mm -hmm. So there isn't any issues. One of these guys that does that for a living came to me to get him out of the hack world. Uh, well, again, listen, you mentioned the dark web, and, and it's pretty powerful. So there, there's some cool people out there or whatever cool uh, being, you know. Uh, I won't give a cool. I'll say they're pretty sick. Well, I'm saying that's, a, I'm being facetious, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, they, they think they're cool, but, but, uh, you know, and again, uh, some of them are pretty good at what they do and they know what to do and, and they cause trouble. And, you know, some people actually, even the basic folks, they're not even that savvy or tech savvy, uh, but they do this. I mean, for example, on social media, it's pretty common that if I don't like you, John, what I'll do is I'll get a few bunch of people that are, you know, uh, in that I'm, I'm familiar with and have them all report your site, whatever, right. or your, your page and uh that's all it takes to actually get your your stuff down but, but it has to be something so here's what happens when it gets reported there has to be something on there that's going to be a problem if i just report you and there's nothing on there i have to first put something on there otherwise my credibility is going to go down the tubes well so there has to be something on there that is bad and then it will be shut down once it's looked at well, but to, but to be honest with you, John, I've, I've seen it and I've heard about this, you know, uh, firsthand where, you know, people had the very unique, just a normal, uh, whether it's an Instagram or YouTube or whatever, when, when people get together and there's a whole gang that is pretty much ganking up against you and, uh, you know, like 20, 30 complaints about the page, reported page. I mean, like we all get that report, right? Uh, and they tell you what it is, but you can select whatever. And then ultimately you get shut down first and then you go, you have to fight to prove that you're actually innocent. And that, I think that, that's, that, the that's, that's a challenge. And you only have so many days or the account's going to be canceled. I can't say how many times on Facebook. Now we use all licensed music. We write all music. Do you know how many times we get a file in a month telling us that our music has been blocked because we violated? I'm like, violated what? It's our content. We wrote it. Well, our system thinks it's similar to this. How is it similar to that? It's not even in the same key. It's not even in the same, like, not even the same, like, genre of music. It's not even the same uh, metronome. I've had some. And then they come back <laughs> and they're like, uh, your, dis your, your dispute has been dismissed. Oh, I've had and your those. Music That's annoying. I know. Well, actually, not even music. I mean, I've had content that had nothing with music. It was just a show, and uh, they said this. This is like you know, copyright. Like what copyright? It's uh, it's me. <laughs> it's my show. <laughs> I'm the one who's talking. There's nobody else. I don't we think put that, a logo yeah. on a site to submit for something. One of these uh, freelancer sites. They came back for six months and said that we violated term number thirty-seven or something using content that's not our own. We found it on the web. I said, yeah, it's on the web, but we created it. Yes, it's on the web, we but we're the originators <laughs> of it. Well, our AI bot doesn't see you as the originator. 
We created the thing. Well, we need your original file. I'm not giving you the original AI file. Get the heck out of here. Right. Okay, well, without that, we have to block your account. Well, go ahead. Go pound saw. I'm not going to give you the original AI content. So you guys can screw me with it, and you're in another country, and you're going to go. No, no, I don't think so. Well, again, I mean, it's it's you're bringing some good points for people that watch and listen. I mean, because I'm I'm sure if you're a creator out there, um, you probably can face these things, and uh, it is brutal because some people actually get shut down. Uh, their their the whole work that they do for a couple of years can be just eliminated in in, in, a, in a split second, and it's very difficult to communicate back with you know a lot of these. A absolutely, uh, National Content Creators Week, everyone, the first to the eighth National Content Creators Week. This is it. We had a day a few months ago, but this is Content Creators Week. So uh, when you're creating content, it's important that you create original content. You don't steal people's content. If you're going to use people's content, get permission or make sure you cite them. Like this doctor, he said something about uh, odor. Mm -hmm. uh, and you might have, have you ever heard the word odor before? All the time? <laughs> no, no, not that odor. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So odor, which is offline, dictates online response from Dr. Nichitelli. But whenever oh, I use it, I always order. credit him. And <laughs> okay. I always put that in my thing. And he thanked me for crediting him. I mean, that's just the right thing to do. Not because I'm a journalist, but I, I really take what I do in delivering content is something that I want to do to be at the highest level of integrity, you know? And I get people tell me, hey, John, you know, well, what if you wrote it like this? Well, why would I write it like that? Well, is that the way it happened? No, but it would just be interesting. Why? Well, it'd just be interesting to hear what think people say, but why would I lie? Well, no, it, it would just be interesting to hear that, but that would be dishonest. You know, it would, but it would just be interesting to hear what kind of responses you get. I'm not interested. What if we gave you a hundred bucks? What if we give you five? No, I'm not interested. Like, see, I, I have an, I have an ethical, moral obligation when I write something. Oh, you're one of those wacky people. Actually, John, you know, uh, there's nothing wacky about that. I mean, you're doing the right thing. I mean, if you're going to use some some name or some quote or whatever, you know, it, it's no big deal. I mean, you're using it in in, in a context of, of like right now we're talking, right? And yeah, can, and I mentioned the credit to the, yeah. Exactly. Refer to somebody and actually it's prompts to them. So it's all good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's only when you take like, you know, you make it like it's yours, right? And you, you, it's almost like you adopt that thing and uh, you, you discount the person or the creator of the original creator. And uh, that's a problem. So it's uh, crazy. Now that can, that can happen in error, um, you know, innocently. But if you're doing it on a regular basis, so when you create content, you have to make sure that the music you use, um, the, even the audio, like our audio program, you can't just take this and just pop it into your own thing. This isn't a TikTok. This isn't an Instagram where you can just magically match the real into your own. It doesn't work like that. You see, people's original content is original content for a reason. And so if you want to use that content or mix it into something you do, you have to give the show or the people credit for it because, again, it's dishonest. So I think what I'm trying to say here is National Creators Week is that when you create content, you also have to make sure your content, your hashtags are relative to what you create. If I'm creating content of motivation, I suddenly put popcorn in there, but I don't have anything to do with popcorn, but I know popcorn sells at the holidays. That's kind of being dishonest. 
Jen, just just a quick note. I don't know if you hear. There's some static. Uh, no, I didn't hear anything on my end. Nothing. I'm Crystal Isabel. I, I, I'm hearing some static, so I don't know why, but I hope it's not in the feed here. <laughs> it's not. It's not in the feed. It might just be on your end, maybe just a local amp. I mean, I'm not getting anything here. I guess we're talking about hacking. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got bugged already. What's up? <laughs> Damn, that's, uh, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, what's up, guys? <laughs> oh, man, you had to have so, so Speaking about that, you know, I get these people sometimes the show. Look, we've even had it, but when the shows grow, you get these people that try to come in and do all these comments, and I always, I don't get mad. I'm like, so, you know, um, we do screen our contents before we put them on, on the air. So for those of you guys that are just coming in here and just pasting your uh, obscenities, um, we're going to put you in a timeout. But then I say, you know, I feel really bad that you have a life. You have to stoop so low to just get some feelings of recognition. There's nothing in your life that you enjoy living that you have to just just trip over people's content and try and improve lives. I feel sad for you. I hope you someday that you find your purpose in life. And these people, they just like, <laughs> they go nuts. And, and, and I think, what's that? No, I mean, the stat, the stat, no, it didn't lose me. It's just the static. It's just. It's on your end and it's probably in the local lamp because I'm not hearing any of it through the feed. No, that's good. As long as it's not, you know, it's not affecting. The, it's not feeding anybody. It's it's unfeeding anybody. Hey so, guys, if you're watching, hey, tell us if there's a noise here. <laughs> beside us. But so I think those are the things. And you know, you're gonna get these crazy people that are kinda come in and try to, you know, bomb your chats and things like that. You're gonna get that. And I think, you know, and I have gotten some people in when I did my IFL show, you know, I'm saying happy to help it was like, but then they come in with their obscenities or they come with, and I'm like, it doesn't seem like you're really serious about improving your it sounds like you just think life's a joke, and frankly, my time's worth more than that, so I'm going to move on to someone else. And I Why think not? you just have to treat people in a respectful manner. I think that's really the key. And if you are someone that feels called to create content like we do, I think you have to understand what your purpose is. And I think you have to be consistent with what you do, know why you do it, and um, if you get someone that tries to rain on your parade, don't have a heart attack. With them. Just like, you know, you can respond to them, you can ignore them, you can block them, but they'll probably still come back under another IP. But what I always say to do is to communicate with them with love and kindness. Now, usually what happens is they just go away. If you're nasty and rude, they're going to try to just cause more damage to you. So I always say to them, hey, you know, I feel really sorry. Sorry your life's not going the way you want. And this is how you feel that you can make yourself important. I just hope and pray that someday maybe you'll be able to do things that are going to make everybody happy. You know, John, you're making uh, an interesting point about the, uh, some, the presence of some people that, to your point, they might have nothing else to do. And they just, to your point, they just literally crap on your stuff. And... Uh, and for, for no reason, sometimes just because they just can and they're still going there. And that's okay. People have intelligent opinion. But, you know, for me, I, this is how I look at it. If I don't have anything good to say. I don't have to be watching. Right? I just move on to the next, you know, and that's it. Right. You, you move on. Every, everybody has a right to a comment. 
And, uh, but if that comment's going to be negative, or it's not what I call constructive criticism. Now, we all know the difference. Constructive criticism is when you make a comment with the intent to improve someone else. Okay? If you're making a comment to just diss on them, well, that's not constructive criticism. That's just you being a jerk. And then, you know, unfortunately, you got the good ones and you got the bad ones. It's a, it's a pretty mix out there. And uh, But listen, at the end of the day, point, you said something very simple and powerful as always, which is you keep going, you keep putting the right content in there, and it's for the purpose of educating and, and helping people. Uh, we started this discussion with education, right? And, you know, it's all about it's about information and, and educating, enlightenment, and uh, sometimes inspiration and motivation. I mean, believe it or not, these are my mottos, you know, my, my mission in, in the network here but the fact of the matter is it is just about that every time you listen to something a show uh, it doesn't matter you watch something uh you're gonna learn some things and you can filter the good the bad whatever you want and if you yep. can extract one piece or two pieces in each i guess episode then you're good i mean that's good i mean imagine if you watch 10 shows as that's that that adds up quickly 100 shows adds up like quickly. like i tell people a nugget you know, try to take at least a couple of nuggets out of the show because there's a lot that we say. Yep. And um, the one thing you guys might know a lot without getting too into this, but uh, there's something called language patterns as we were talking about before. So language patterns um, are developed for the purposes to interrupt somebody. That, that's why they were created. So a lot of times people will say something like uh, there may be something that you don't like. Or maybe you're trying to create an agreement. So two phrases that I use, and they're really very powerful. Hurricane, have you found that a person with your business, the challenges with all we're going through in the economy, makes it important to actually have the right coverage? And increasing your coverage might be a good thing to do at this time, don't you think? So yes, sir. have you found... <laughs> is a very light way to soften it. Or I could say something like this. You know, I'm a person that's positive. But just suppose, just suppose, that there was some type of an accident. I don't wish it, but just suppose there was. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you had that coverage so you could file the claim, get your hot water heater replaced, or your ceiling fixed, and not have to have a financial stress about it? Wouldn't that make sense? I like it. So those are two very important pattern interrupts. Have you found, works in relationships, have you found, Julie, that you being free on Saturday night is actually a very good reason that we should actually go on a date? <laughs> All, <And> right. <laughs> All right. Or, or what I like to do is to just suppose, just suppose, Julie, you and I, we're to Go have a quick bite or a drink at the local bar. And just suppose that we happen to have a good time. And suppose you may want some more fun. Just suppose we went bowling afterwards. And just suppose we had such a great evening that maybe you invite me back to your place or I invite you back to my place. And just suppose we just hang out for the rest of the evening. What do you think about that? Just suppose. So it's like a very light, light, light. It's not happened yet. It's like a, just suppose that you actually got the million dollars. Just suppose. Propositions. Where, where <laughs> would you put that money first? Where would you want to spend it? 
I've talked about this before, Akisha, it's very powerful. Live the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Do you know who said that? No. Very wise man. It wasn't me. I'm wise, but it wasn't me. Live the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Live the feeling of the wish fulfilled. He's the guy with the ladder. Remember the ladder at church? Does that may ring a bell? A little bit. Uh, Neville Goddard. Quick story. I know we're so much out of time. He was holding meetings in the back of his church. Okay, it could be the back of your synagogue, back of your boys' club, ladies, but it doesn't matter. Okay, but it was a church. And he said to everyone, when you go home tonight, I want you to write down everywhere in your home on paper, I will not climb a ladder. 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 Okay? Everywhere around. Just before you go to sleep, I just want you to imagine climbing a ladder. And you know what he said? Next week, those of you that climbed the ladder, meet me back here at 7 p.m. Those of you that haven't, well, then you just stay home. And the people were like, this is nuts. He just said not to climb the ladder. But he, said, oh. he goes, you will climb the ladder. He said, no, I won't. More than half the people came back. And they're like, son of a gun. I climbed a ladder. Or they're doing something. They're going, I just climbed a ladder. Jeez, I thought. Like, you're going to do it. So, if you go there in the mind, which we're doing, go there in the mind, you'll eventually go there in the body. The mind is, the mind is powerful. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, like, curiosity kills the cat type of thing. <laughs> you tell somebody not to do it, they'll do it. You know? Well, it's not the not. See, the not was to kind of emphasize your brain not. But when you thought the whole point, you didn't have to do the knot. That was just to emphasize to you that you were not going to do it. Like, you kept it really, but it did nothing. It was you thinking about climbing the ladder. And then when a day or two, somebody you go up was like, oh, but I just, do it. I, just, <laughs> I just climbed the ladder. That's, that's a suggestion. You can even do that with, um, with uh, um, if you're having trouble with weight. Um. I I will let let's say you you can say to yourself uh you know because you're gonna do the the thing is um I will not go to the gym I will not eat healthy I will not eat healthy I want to eat everything on my plate you go to bed you just think about hmm I like to eat healthy and have more energy suddenly start eating healthy start getting so when you get into a vibe or a rhythm your body is so attuned to it, it likes that feeling and you know days i go off on my thing but i'm not on a diet i'm on a lifestyle change and you know i take my illuminate i do my things and uh everything i do i log i gotta tell you something real quick the other day was national christmas uh, national donut day did you know that i saw that i saw your post <laughs> yeah so uh you're probably saying how does somebody like me have a donut and i never had a Krispy Kreme donut in my life I have to so, say that good. <laughs> well, I want a Krispy Kreme donut, but when I looked at the calories, I had a heart attack. 
how am I going to do this? So after lunch, I went down to Krispy Kreme. By the way, National Donut Day comes twice a year. It comes in June, and it came on November. It was November um, this past Saturday, which was November uh, 5th. And so the June is given to the people coming back from the war. That's where that one came from. This one they just kind of threw in there to increase the sales of the donut places. That's why they, they threw that one in there. So I go down to Krispy Kreme. I've never been there before. I went down there. I looked at the calories of the donut. I said a hard attack. I printed out the sheet. And uh, I went down there. And um, I brought down a plate. And you saw when I brought, I had two videos. And I brought, the, brought that. First I had the line. I brought a knife. And I went up to the guy at the counter and I said, um, you know, today's National Donut Day. He says, no, it's not. Yeah, it's National Donut Day. You know, no, it's not. I said, can I have a free donut? He says, not National Donut I said, National Donut Day comes twice a year. Let me show you on my phone. Today's National Donut Day. And the guy's like, son of a oh. gun. He's like, yeah, I don't think I have the coupon for today. I said, no problem. I said, I'll just go to Dunkin' Donuts. Uh. <laughs> and he said, let me check on my manager. He comes back. He goes, what kind of donut you want? Uh, I think I'll take the Krispy Kreme original fill. That's 360 calories. Mm. Yeah. So, took that donut, cut in half, cut in half again. I had one-fourth of the donut that day, 90-some calories. I had another fourth the other day, one today, and one more tomorrow. So I had that fourth of the donut over like four or five days. So you can have whatever you want. You just got to have it in moderation. They all thought I was nuts. Now, on Sunday, I don't know if you saw, was National Nachos Day. Now, nachos did not originate uh, in Mexico. I don't know if you guys all know that. Do you know what nachos originated in? I, I have no clue, but, but I, I'll take, I'll, I'll buy your, <laughs> your, your information legit. Go for it, baby. <laughs> no, it, it absolutely is legit. Everybody says, oh, they came, they came from Mexico. No, they didn't come from Mexico. They came just over the border of El Paso, Texas. Okay. So I went to Dave Buster's. had like a two-prong there. I said, I have one of the things we're going to be having for the kids' uh, event. And I said, I'm also going to do a double bang. I'm going to talk about nachos. Though. And that nachos plate I had was 1,000 calories. That was my lunch and my dinner. Well, you, you have. I mean, you can take up to maybe 1,800 calories a day. Yeah, yeah. So I had my breakfast. I had the Krispy Kreme, and uh, that I had my nachos for my lunch and my dinner. I you're still, you're still below. So that's good. I'm still below. So it, it's being cognitive. Now, some people say to me, "That's a lot of work." Well, I say to myself, "Okay, there's some effort in it, but I'd rather put that effort in to have a healthy-looking body." I mean, I just love the fact of looking at my stomach is above my belt. I mean, that is just like the be-all, end-all. And then having my stomach hard so I can just almost hit it, that's another great thing for me. And I know that's a good sign of being healthy. Now, one thing we're not going to get into this show, but we'll get into it on another show. Uh, we started talking about it a few weeks ago. It's called the heart-brain connection. And I'm just going to leave you with this thought, and we'll talk about it another time, maybe next show, maybe the next one, who knows. Your brain doesn't run your body. What is he talking about, brain? Brain does not run your body. You know, subconscious, all that stuff. I'll tell you how I know. Who runs your body? If your brain doesn't run your body. Who do you think runs your body? Well, based on what you said, probably the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
the heart sends more data to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. The heart has its own memory. Try an experiment. Take your left or right hand, whatever your dominant, place it over your heart. Okay? Oh. Whatever, whatever. Okay. So place it over your heart. And now just think about your heart for a second. And now maybe you have a question, like something you want an answer to. Okay? I'm going to ask myself a question. You can ask yourself a question. Now, you can ask the question up here to your brain. And you're going to get an answer, but it's going to be a little foggy, right? It's not quite clear. You're kind of getting back. Now, ask the same question to your heart. Focus a second. Close your eyes if you want. I get a different answer. I get a yes from my heart. From my brain, I get like a, yeah, it's kind of, my heart gives me an answer. With all these things jumping up and down. So your heart doesn't need your brain. But your brain, your heart's going to send a signal to your brain that says, Hey, brain, yeah, this is happening. When you get in cohesion with cohesiveness with your heart and your brain, you're on board. There's also another connection, which we won't talk about tonight. It's your brain, heart, and, and, and gut connection. That's also connected. But so when you have a healthy heart, you have a healthy brain. That's why your heart health is so important, ladies and gentlemen, because if you just had a healthy brain, you didn't have a healthy heart, you wouldn't have healthy processing of your, of your blood, your oxygen. So your, your heart actually can make decisions in your body. But how many times have you ever asked your heart a question? I would say probably never. <laughs> the only times people ask their heart a question is they're in a relationship. And they sometimes might get to the heart because they're emotional and they'll put their hand there and they don't even know that they're that they're asking the heart. And they're like, this relationship going to work out. And then they get this feeling, but they think it's the brain, it's the heart. But they do it by accident. Imagine what kind of data you could get if you plugged into this. The supercomputer, your heart. Now, the bad news is you can't just do it right away. You got to practice it, and you got to trust it. And your brain's be like, you know what? I'm just gonna let the heart ride. I'm just gonna just sit in the back seat from now on. I don't need to do it. Let your brain take the back seat. Let your heart run the body. Well, I mean, some people will call that intuition, gut feeling, you know, so sentiments. Intuition, yeah. So, in intuition is one piece, but when you've got the heart. And you've got that, and now that's in cognizance with the brain. It's going to send all that data back to the brain. If you try it with the brain, it's never going to send it to the heart. And we know that the only way to manifest, I don't care whether you want to manifest a quarter, a penny, a million dollars, a billion dollars, a new car, a new relationship, a new home, a new job, it's only going to happen. When you use your heart, I, I think we're gonna have to go deeper on the next one on that one. Yeah, just to because I think people, we're gonna lose people here because they'll be like, "Well, is there any medical evidence to this, and or physical or physics or you know any connection?" Just to tell you, there are, there is. And, oh, and I, to get, and to tell I you this, I had gotten <laughs> many years ago. I know we have to run. Many years ago, I bought a heart brain. I bought a uh, biofeedback system in the mall. I remember to this day, I spent I think it was $149 from some crack place, you know, that was selling them in the mall. They're not there anymore. 
knockoff from China or somewhere. But the thing worked for many, many years. They sell the same device now for almost $350 to $400 with a new U.S. name on it. And then they have different ones you could download. The medical doctors are now starting to see the people that have heart-brain coherence actually get connected to things. I'll give you a quick example, and then we have to run. So I was trying to figure out for months, how am I going to get this machine fixed when nobody wants to fix it? So I just asked my heart. I said, heart, what am I going to do? And my heart just suddenly came up with the idea that maybe you can find a machine for free and just pay for the maintenance. And so I just spit that out. The guy says, well, that might be possible. So your heart has the ideas, but most people don't trust the heart because they say, hey, you know, you're just a junior. Like, I'm the brain. Run yes, the brain runs the body. Yes, the brain does uh, subconscious and all that. But the real truth of the matter is your heart can actually put your brain into And the way to practice that every day, close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, and just take a deep breath like this, go to five, one, two, three. Exhale, one, two, three, five. Do that about five or ten times, maybe two or three minutes, and you're going to find that your heart is going to develop into a tool that does a lot more than just pump blood and oxygen around your like I said, we're gonna have to go deeper on that one. <laughs> just, just so we can, you know, bust the myth and people like, you know, that they'll be like, "What the hell is, you know, hockey business and whatever." So we just want to make sure that they get it right. It's uh, not gonna happen though. <laughs> if you're like, "Oh my gosh, I want to turn it on," you can't just turn it on tonight. Once you develop it, your heart is not an on and off switch. So you build a cohesion between your heart and your brain, and then you start to get cognitive of what's going on with them. Just putting your hand over your heart gets you to start connecting with your heart. I mean, listen, there are so many studies about the, the, the body connection and all these elements, and it's deeper than what we, we think we, we, we know. And then that's unfortunately uh, not a common concept for a lot of people because they're conditioned to this is the only way things work, and that's where they stay, and they don't go beyond. I, I know we've talked about maybe going one day to quantum physics, I'll be yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get there. I think we have to get to the heart first and a few other things before we jump there. Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll just be like losing everybody at that point. But, but hey, but it's all good. It's all, it's, it's in all good uh, purpose. And, and, and that's, that's the bottom line of it, right? We want you to know some stuff. And, um, oh. And you, and you, know. you guys know, I don't know if you guys know this, but do you know that I actually, uh, I healed, uh, my, I broke my tib and fib many years ago, over five, six years ago. I healed my tib and fib. I broke it by no fault of my own. The, the, the people in the mountain didn't know how to manage the mountain. They gave it to their grandkids. They didn't know anything about the mountain. And the place should have been out of business. And they gave it. And it was just a whole mess. Anyway, that day, 32 people got injured. I was the only person that went to the hospital that didn't have surgery. And that was because I put it in my mind that I wasn't going to have surgery, even though they were forcing me to have it. I healed my brain in less than two days with bone knit. Bone knit is our herb. 
sugar pill almost when you think about it. I took that within two or three days, my bone healed. Okay. That's cool stuff. So that's proof no? to tell you that the energy, okay, um, I cured my allergies with homeopathy. People think that that's like some wacky thing. It's not. But you have to believe in this stuff before it will work for you. You have to believe in your heart. You have to trust your heart. And when you do that, it will start to slowly open up pathways to you. I think we're about to, to close okay. this chapter with that one. <laughs> we're just a few minutes over. So, uh, John, you want to close the chapter today? Absolutely. And, uh, it's always a privilege and pleasure to be with all of our wonderful friends here and with UHH. And uh, I'm John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. Until the next uh, Double Impact, and I'm with Dark and Age. And we are Double Impact. Yes, sir. And we're making a difference in your life if you want to change it. Try it one week at a time, <laughs> one show at a time. We'll talk soon. Bye, next everyone. Monday. Take care. Good night. Bye, everyone. Bye bye.